Hey, welcome everybody to Talking Donkey International in our new television series, Country Wisdom. Let's set the tone for this new series of ours. It's found in Proverbs 4. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet and then all your ways will be sure. Join us now for Country Wisdom. I have to tell you, Jim, I love your garden. This is so impressive, at least to me. I mean, our garden is maybe a tenth this size, and I was impressed with it. Uh, Steve doesn't let me up there very often because I have a black thumb. It isn't green at all. Yeah, in fact, you probably shouldn't let me out here very long or things will just start <laughs> wilting. But you have done a great job. Well, you know, Janice, I've got to tell you, it isn't me, it's God. Because seriously, I. You know, I don't do anything that a lot of gardeners do, but I mean, God brings the sunshine, He brings the rain, the, you know, the water, even even the fertilizer from the animals, you know, he, in a roundabout way He brings. He created it all. <laughs> Hadn't know? thought about it that way. Yeah, and, and when I get out here in the garden, I get so excited thinking about God created all this, all the different, I mean, the different things are phenomenal, you know, from squash to beans to yeah, Jerusalem you obviously like squash. You know, I didn't know that many varieties even grew. I got a little carried away. <laughs> my, my wife planted a lot of different uh, starts and so had them all, I used them all. <laughs> <laughs> but it, you know, I think about right there in the beginning, God created everything. Matter of fact, can I read you something? Sure. Uh, I had it here, I think in Genesis chapter one, very beginning of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Nothing before that as far as the word for us. Matter of fact, I think about you know, you've got the first two chapters tell us where we were, the last two chapters tell us where we're going to be, and everything in between tells us how to get back there. Because there was a problem, an interesting problem. See, God created all this beauty. Each day He did, He say, it's good, mm -hmm. it's good. And He got down to the bottom, He said, it's very good. <laughs> and not just good from the hand of the Creator, but very good. Then he takes this garden that he's created in, in this world, and in this he puts in verse 8 of chapter 2, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put a man. He created a special man. Right back in the start, God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. So the Godhead, all three, the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, got together, talked this all out. And they decided what it would take to represent them, a very special creation, a very special uh, being. But he put man in the garden. He said, it's not good that man should be alone. Oh, it still isn't. Still isn't. Still, I can guarantee you, it still isn't. And he caused a sleep to fall upon man. And while he was asleep, he took a rib from his side to create a woman. Not from his head, not from the foot, to be under the foot, but from the side. They were to be helpmates together. And that's what it took to, to represent God, is a man and a woman. Each, each a man and a woman have their own very special traits. You know, you and I do a marriage program too. Man is not like a woman, and woman is not like a man, regardless of what people say today. <laughs> no, in fact, I often have said to you things, I'll be talking about something, I'll go, well, I don't know, maybe it's different for you being a guy, but women, you know, tend this way, because I understand women. Um, I don't understand men so much, but I know that together 
we're a whole lot healthier than apart. Yeah. I think about the various names of God in the Bible. And you've got, you know, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. And then you've got a Jesus he calls, oh, how often I would have gathered you as a mother hen gathers her chicks. There he's El Shaddai, the mighty breasted one who would take all the little chicks under his wings in great protection. That's a woman. That's a woman. The others, the man, you know. And people today, the devil wants to destroy all of this. He wants to totally annihilate the semblance of what God was really planning. Husband and wife, man and woman, the home, all of it. You, you he wants it. to twist and destroy every good gift God's given yeah. us. And he saw this garden. He got totally mad, totally upset. And he comes down. He, he possesses basically a most beautiful serpent in the garden. At that time, apparently it flew it's up in a tree. I have to tell you the thought of flying snakes. <laughs> <laughs> but this was a beautiful one. And on top of that, talked in a human voice. And Eve begins... That would get your attention. Yeah, well, you bet. Eve begins wandering in the garden that day. She's taking care of something, but she forgets a couple of things. One, God said, don't leave the side of your mate. And she just kind of inadvertently wandered away. And when she realized it, she should have run back and gotten together because there's what with that partnership? Strength in numbers. Strength in that partnership, yeah. And so anyway, she's wandering out there and she sees the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the midst of this beautiful garden. And that should have been another key because God said, don't go over to that tree. Don't, don't mess around that they tree. They weren't supposed to go near. Here's this beautiful voice. And pretty soon, we don't have time to go into the whole story, but basically the devil tricked her. She ate of the fruit because the devil said, nah, nah, God's wrong. You won't really die. And she runs back to Adam. She takes that fruit back to Adam too. And Adam, well, he falls. He accepts the fruit too and leads the entire human race into a whole new situation. And what can I say? They felt guilty. Now, what does guilt do? What does it look like? Well, they went and hid from God the next time he came. They used to look forward to it. it. used to, like when you have company coming that you haven't seen in a while and you love these people, you don't even stay inside. You go and run out to greet them in the driveway. Yeah. They heard, saw God, and they went the other way. And right. all that had changed was them. They had spent so much time with God, we don't know how long, could have been, you know, maybe, who knows, years. It doesn't Spent say. that time with God, but yet they ran away from Him the second they heard Him this time because they felt guilty. Mm -hmm. Guilt creates fear. And, and the devil loves fear because he can operate with fear. He can twist you inside and out with that fear and that guilt. And, <laughs> You know, the, the sad situation about all this is, is they continue to blame God. God, it's all your fault, God. And, well, let me, I've got a, I've got a little note I wanted to uh, talk to you about too here. It says, after sin, of course, they ran and hid and they blamed God. Mm -hmm. Then after sin, weeds showed up in the garden. All everything the, changed. Everything changed. After sin, they began fighting, had family fights. After sin brother killed brother. After sin, as, as time went on, they lived for almost 900 years, so they had a little time to think about all this, but I can imagine they continued to watch and see the actions that they had caused. Matter of fact, in the very beginning, the first leaf that fell from a tree that died, that probably caused Adam more, more guilt than anything you can imagine because they'd never seen anything like that happen. And they knew it was their fault. 
knew it was their fault, yeah. And then can you imagine when son kills son? I can't even begin to imagine those conversations between husband and wife. Even though God had, had come in to save them and gave a whole plan of salvation, it was still got to be some heavy burden upon them, you know. It's just, I don't know, they, they just felt absolute guilt. And guilt ruins everything. Guilt ruins everything, yeah. Hi, I'm Jim Ayer. My good friend Terry Cantrell and I have traveled the world together, filming from Egypt to Zanzibar, from Costa Rica to Brazil, India, and beyond. For years, we've captured stories that uplift the God of heaven, stories that touch and change lives. Now we're on a new adventure, and you're invited. We've started Talking Donkey International. Talking Donkey is a media ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ in a unique and powerful way, out of the ordinary, just like a talking donkey. Like us, I'm guessing you're tired of the same old cookie-cutter programs that line the Christian airwaves. The gospel is exciting. It's time to jump out of the mold and let the donkey talk. When that happens, people will pay attention. It's way out of the ordinary, and we're inviting you to become a part of this exciting and innovative outreach to the world. People are tired of watching the same old thing. Become a financial partner with us today, and together we will change Christian TV forever. Give the donkey a voice. Are we there yet? Uh, a little bit too. We can take a break up here for a second. I'm going to need it. <laughs> You're getting tired, oh, huh? This pack with every step is getting heavier. I, I swear, every hundred feet it gains 10 pounds. Well, what'd you put in it? I don't know, food. Um, I can't go anywhere without snacks. Uh, water. Well, that shouldn't be that heavy yet. You should feel this thing though. Or at least feel what it feels like on here, let me get it off of you. Oh, oh man. man, yeah, what do you have in that thing? I told you, some food and water. But, well, mine is totally light, but... Well, you can check it if you want, but I know I only put in what I needed. You can have a seat, I'll uh, help you down. I can do... You and your old, your old hips and your old knees. Huh? Oh, well, who's talking? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I am, but... Uh, I've just got to see what's in this backpack, but since it's yours, I'm going to let you deal with it. Uh, Come on, you can, dig, dig you out can look through. I'm just happy to be sitting for once. Just dig out some. I want to see here what, what's in this thing. There. Rocks? Seriously? I I did not put these in. You did this. No, 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 no. Why would me. I pack rocks? Wasn't me. You know. Some of them aren't so big. I, really? It's kind of like you do that. I thought. That's a perfect illustration of the way the devil is. You know, the devil takes sin in our lives. He drops that guilt in just one rock at a time, one piece at a time. And we never think about it because it usually is so small. I mean, yeah, you got some big ones in there. You got some big sins, don't you? <laughs> We're not getting into that. But you know, it reminds me, back in the day when I used to do a whole lot more camping and backpacking, Steve and I had gone on a trip with my brother and sister-in-law and we had Colin, our oldest, and he was maybe two, he had to have been less than three because Lauren hadn't been born yet. And Colin was adorable. Oh, he was the most, you're talking this blonde, blue-eyed Gerber baby toddler. And I remember he had this little corduroy Oshkosh jacket 
and it had a hood on it. Well, we're going down this trail and the hood is, of course, hanging down his back. My brother kept picking up little rocks oh, no. and slipping them into that hood. Well, Colin, you know, as we go on, he's not noticing it because you don't notice a little rock. One of those big ones he would have noticed. Uh, you know, it would have knocked him backwards. But by the end of that trail, that poor kid is trying to stay upright and practically staggering. And I felt so guilty because I was laughing, which was bad. But it reminds me of so often, it's not some huge thing that we've done that is just weighing on our minds. It's, it's a buildup. It's a little nagging sin that, that grows. Uh, and pretty soon you don't realize how much weight you're carrying. That just like called guilt, right? Yeah, Colin didn't realize how much weight he was carrying because it came on very slowly. Uh, it would be nice if, you know, God just hit you upside the head with a rock. You'd notice that. Satan just weighs us down slowly. And we don't realize what's happening sometimes. If you don't no. get rid of those little sins while they're still pebbles, you end up with the boulder in your backpack. Yeah, it's really yeah. holding you down. That's such a good example. I think of my dad. My dad did not speak to his sister for 20 years because oh she'd goodness. done something. And that was it. He just cut her off. And I thought, how could you even do that, you know, to a family member? Right. But boy, that's the way, you know, you, you do my dad wrong, and that was it. My dad became a Christian. He accepted the Lord later in life, like 75 years old. <laughs> and every once in a while, I'd mention something to him. Dad, why don't you call your sister? Uh, Did he feel guilty about the fact he'd cut her off? He, he, he would never say a word. One day, my mom called and said, your dad called your sister, or his sister. And it was so cool that I finally said, Dad, I understand you, you called uh, Aunt Martin. Yeah, I did. I said, how do you feel, Dad? He said, really good. <laughs> you know, that's what sin does. That's what that guilt does. It weighs you down. He'd had that with him for 20 years. And it changed his whole life. Carrying a boulder around that he didn't need to be carrying. Yeah, exactly. A huge boulder. It changes us. We might think we're punishing someone, in fact, but it's not. It's, it's punishing us. We talked about Adam and Eve in the garden and what changed that one evening when God came to visit. They had always looked forward to it. This time they're hiding. The change was in their own heads. That's why guilt separates us from God. Yeah. Because now we're afraid. Now we're running from him. We're trying to hide. We're trying to cover up. And once you finally admit, here's what I did, yeah. you know, then there's no more, nothing between you and God anymore. That's right. You know, I thought we were alone on this mountain, but there's hikers all over the place. Yeah. I've got to see what's in my pack. Oh yeah, you're making fun of... Well, because oh, certainly, you know... another one. Gosh. Yeah, rocks all over the place. Well, this is kind of crazy. You know, I thought you were the only one All right. Now the truth is sin, out. Right? But uh, man, oh man, oh man. This is horrible. But, you know, really that's an example too, because every single one of us... there. There isn't anybody that's immune from it. Even Christians, you know, as Christians, we can hang on to the, the tiniest thing. I mean, you could almost say that Adam and Eve is in the garden, you know, they were kind of Christians. They knew Jesus, mm -hmm. right? They spent time communicating yeah. with him in the garden. But all of a sudden, 
when the devil comes in and starts dropping that guilt on them, they hid from God. I can't even imagine that. You know, you hide from God, but that's what you know, I all just, this sin does. I just thought when I was a girl, I shared a bedroom with my sister. And I may have been the kind of sister who occasionally got in her sister's closet. Occasionally. You know, maybe that's just a girl thing, but Bonnie always had better clothes. I got the hand-me-downs, right? And there was one time where I was just trying something on when she wasn't home, and I snagged it. Now, it was very small, but of course my sister was the sort who someday was gonna notice it. But I put it back, now, she might not, it might have been weeks before she went to get that particular sweater out, but I knew the snag was there, and I, it changed my attitude toward her. Every time Bonnie was around, I was kind of on edge, like, has, he, has she found it? She had She was oblivious. Her. She had She had changed. no yeah. idea that there was a little snag on that sweater. She maybe wouldn't have even noticed it later or would have thought, oh my goodness, I snagged my sweater. I might have been able to get away with it, but it was eating away in me and changing my attitude yeah. so that when she came in, I there was that fear. I understand how Adam, Adam and Eve felt when they heard God's voice because it was the guilt. There was nothing on her end. If she walked in a room and said, hey Janice, I was just like, what, what, no, what did I do? You know, because no. I knew I had done something and she probably would have been shocked. And you know, I don't honestly remember if I ever confessed it or not. Maybe the, that's why the Lord just brought it to my and head. And the devil uses a magnifying glass. Oh yeah, some mm -hmm. little thing grows and grows and grows. Like, you can stick a little pebble in this backpack and it wouldn't have bothered me, but they grow because if you don't take care of sin by handing it over to God, yeah. it just gets worse and worse. I've got something in my pack that actually, somebody say, well, that's heavy, but no, it, it actually lightens a load. <laughs> It lightens the load, you know, it's the yeah. Word of God. God can come in and take all that garbage in your life, take all that guilt and get rid of it. Yeah, that's why and, Jesus oh, died. Oh, don't you feel you know? lighter like your dad? Oh, Once he had yeah. made that phone call, uh, which probably loomed so large in his own head, he might have been worried, she's going to hate me now. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure Adam and Eve thought God hated them at that point, that he was the one who didn't want to talk to them, didn't want to see them. I have, I've had people who've said, oh, you don't know what I've done. I've done too much. I, I can't even talk to God. God, you know, wouldn't want anything to do with me. And the opposite is true. He's just waiting for you to turn around and say, can you help me with this? Yeah. Jeremiah 17 verse 9 tells us that our hearts are hopelessly deceitful and sick. We're all in desperate need of a heart transplant. The good news is that a new heart is available, free of charge with no waiting list. You can have it here and now, simply for the asking. This little pamphlet, A Gift for You, is our free gift to you about God's free gift to all of us, the gift of a new heart. Go to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org and request offer number 125 a gift for you. Unfortunately, in the garden of God, in our gardens today, we've got weeds, big weeds. I mean, this is one of the small weeds. I've got some in here that I can't even pull out because they'll actually pull the plant out. With. The roots have gotten too deep. Roots have gotten too big, too deep, yeah. But 
God gave us those weeds, right? Well, you know, I, I hadn't thought about it uh, until you were mentioning that, but God actually had a blessing in that. They had to work harder. And I know people think of that as a curse. And if you're out here in the hot sun and you're sweating and you have weeds that are winning that day, it does feel like a curse. But having to work a little harder uh, is actually good for us in well, a lot of ways. It kept them out of more trouble. You remember what the saying is today? Idleness is the devil's workshop. Oh, you had the right? same grandmother I did. <laughs> <laughs> she loved saying that. Anytime she caught me on the couch with a book, which was fairly often, she would find something for me to do. Yeah. But the devil knows it's true, doesn't he? In fact, if you want more evidence that idleness is not what God intended for us and that it leads to bad things, the moment the lockdown hit, for the pandemic. For the, right. Yeah. And all of a sudden you had more people idle than ever before. And what's been the result? Did you, if you look at as it progressed, rise in suicide rates because it's messing with people's emotions, rise in domestic violence. There were women mostly, but people who are now trapped with with a, an abusive spouse, children who are trapped with an abuser, no place to turn. Matter of fact, I heard a stat that there were 25% less reports of abuse of children. Why is that? They're not going to school, and schools are normally the place that reports it. Uh -huh. So, so much more is going unnoticed. Because well, nobody's, you know, nobody's around to see. Yeah. And alcohol. more anger, <laughs> alcohol. Oh, the rise in alcoholism and drug abuse has just skyrocketed as well because yeah. people can't deal with that kind of thing, with enforced idleness. Uh, it happens to people who lose their jobs, even if it's not their fault, you know, their company downsized. Janice, it just completely throws you. I just was thinking, here's the big thing. The devil says, you're not worthwhile. You're, you're worth nothing. You know, you're sitting there, you're idle, you don't have your job, you don't have whatever it is. He said, you're not worth anything. You might as well just go ahead and end it. You might as well bury your sorrows. And we reap the results. But all of that leads to even more guilt because yeah. then you hate yourself even more. And getting rid of guilt, facing it, turning it over to God. Well, let me read you something That's if you want to know. Sure. Yes. That's a big a key. Turn people, it over to God. A lot of people don't even like admitting guilt. Uh, you probably never read an interview with a celebrity, but I've heard <laughs> I've heard people say well, yeah, you know, I was in and out of rehab and I have 14, you know, broken relationships behind me, but you know, I don't regret any of it because it made me who I am. It made me stronger. I think you might as well say I'd do it all again and I don't care who I hurt because I like where it got me. You leave a trail of sorrow behind it's you. It's still not dealing with that guilt the way David did. Yeah. And when he had, here, he wrote, how blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven whose sin is covered. How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was drained away as the fever heat of summer. But when he acknowledged his sin, and he didn't hide his iniquity, he says, 
I will confess my transgression to the Lord. You can just that feel heaviness him flourishing through, through this yeah. as, as he confesses. The murderer, the adulterer, the one who killed maybe even a friend. All of these things, you can just feel how it's all lifting off of him. In spite yeah. of the fact he still had consequences, Big he didn't consequences. have that weight. Yeah. He felt better. He yeah. was free. Yeah. Amen. You know, we can't take any kind of comfort and think, well, compared to David, you know, I've never murdered anyone. I, I haven't lied to that extent. I haven't committed adultery. But we all are guilty because even the little tiniest sin, yeah. it harbors, you know, it finds a place in your heart, in your psyche. It starts separating you from people that you love because you're hiding that and it starts getting heavier and heavier. And God wants to be able to take that away just like he took David's guilt away. You know, I've got good news for you. And, and you, you already know this news, Romans 5.8. But God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. He right. died for us. He didn't wait until we had cleaned up our guilt and confessed no. everything and fixed everything ourselves. Yeah, he, he, didn't, he didn't wait for uh, for King David to uh, give the act together and then come to him and said, yeah, you're forgiven. No, he yeah. came to him first said, hey, you got to clean up your act here. I'll, I'll help you do it. And he did. Yeah, here's another one. Psalms 103, 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. <laughs> that's where David, when you read that text in Psalms, that's where David could get that feeling of, oh, it feels the so good. The weight off of him. Yeah. When, when Janine and I, when we gave our lives to God, I can remember flushing stuff down the toilet. I thought, you know, I was flushing the drugs down the toilet. And it was like this huge weight was lifted off of me, a weight that I wasn't even aware I had. Until you got rid of it. Until yeah. I got rid of it, until God got rid of it, really. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He, is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, you know, I've experienced that and you've experienced that. Mm -hmm. What a wonder, folks, have you experienced it? Have you experienced that change that comes into your life when you allow God to cleanse you and wash you with His blood to, to take care of the guilt and the sin that plagues you? Because as Janice just said, sin is in every one of us. The guilt is in every one of us, but when we accept God, when we, we allow Him to change us, oh, wow, you talk about a change, right? There's huge changes. Oh yes, you're not the same. Uh, once you unload that backpack full of rocks that you've been carrying around, uh, you're free to do other things. Good analogy, perfect analogy. Folks, take the backpack off. Experience God and what He'll do in your life, believe me, it is life-changing, it's exciting, and like King David, you can begin rejoicing for what God is doing in your life. Try it. I mean, we're in terrible times, horrible times. They might get worse. They probably will, according to Scripture. But God will be with you. He'll take care of you, whatever is going on in your life. Give Him a try today. Hey, thanks for joining us for Country Wisdom. See you next time.